0: Welcome to the second episode of the Wanderwell podcast, where we discuss the highs and lows of life and the intricate spaces in between. I'm your host, Shaka Smith, and in that vein, we will be talking to uh, inspirational individuals about their own path through life's complexities. Today, we're talking about someone who's been doing this in the public eye for over 20 years. From Broadway to Nickelodeon, To Fear the Walking Dead, Insecure, to winning a Grammy, and to now his debut studio album, Electric Dusk. Let's welcome Leon Thomas to the show. Right there. All right, all, right. all right. What's up? How you man, doing? It's been yeah. a minute. Been a minute. It actually has. Yeah. How you been? The hairs this, we both, both come on, now.
1: man. You know, shout out to the pandemic. Had to start these locks.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah, last we talked it was 2018. We were both so young and full of hope. <laughs> we had no That's idea right. the global pandemic was coming, um, but it came. But Last we spoke, you had been running two miles a day. You were very regimented. You had to, like your social media time. Yeah, I think you were still on the Honey Bun and Barbecue Chips. <laughs> um, what, what has changed for you and your outlook um, since the pandemic? I know career-wise, you were working on some new music at the time, too. Um, how did that shift your outlook?
1: Well, to be honest, I mean, I still feel like having a really good schedule is important. Um, but I think I've really been flowing with life a little bit more recently. I think it's important to. Obviously, you know, have things scheduled out, but uh, you know, I like to manage my expectations mm-hmm. and um, music is definitely like a, a big ebb and flow mm-hmm. um, and you know, I've been working on some amazing projects, but I've been mostly focused on my own and uh, it's been a blessing working with Capitol Records uh, and Ty dollar Sign. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of like taking things as they come. I feel like being a producer right now is like very similar to being an on-call doctor. Like sometimes I'll be out, like at a dinner, they're like, "Beyonce needs you now." I'm like, "Oh shit, what the fuck?" <laughs> so like, sometimes trying to plan shit out is just not really always the best. I like to kind
0: of just flow and just let it happen. Yeah. Do you have like any rituals? Because you wear so many hats, you know, and yeah. you working on your music, but you're working collaborating with other people. Do you have any rituals where you take time out? Is it meditation? What is it that kind of keeps you grounded in that way?
1: Yeah, I mean I love to meditate, yeah. you know. Um I think I've been doing nighttime meditations recently. I feel like that wind down that that hour and a half to just like figure out what I'm doing. I'm big on affirmations right now too. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge thing within my process. Um you know, it's it, it's kind of funny thinking that like saying I will be something or, or I am something can be as powerful as it as it actually is,
0: but it works. Yeah. So, man. Yeah. And, and I can't believe you have the studio album, your first studio album debut coming out, but you've had success from such a young age. So at 13, you signed your first deal. What has that looked like for you? Or has your definition of success changed over time and fulfillment? Well, I
1: don't know. I mean, I don't really feel like my definition of success has changed too much over the years. I just think, you know... I'm at a place right now where I'm really like getting into the power of gratitude, Mm -hmm. uh, journaling more, like really just taking time to just be thankful for the opportunity to be alive and to chase what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I got a lot of friends back home who are very talented musicians who don't have the same opportunities that I do have. So I feel like. It's not changing my idea of what success is, it's just being more grateful for, you know, just the opportunity
0: to even chase any of this shit, period. Yeah, and I uh, like you said journaling. You know, because I'm listening to Breaking Point, Crash and Burn, I'm like, but is Leon okay? <laughs> you know, Leon's going through some things right now. Um are you journaling? Or is the music that outlet that helps you go through those personal experiences? Well, I feel like, you
1: know, being from the acting space, I think drama's important. You know, I think like <laughs> if I was just singing a bunch of records about everything's okay and shit's peachy, like yeah. I feel like people would listen, but would they really feel me? Would they have a point to relate to? And um I think, you know, I'm a I'm one of those people who's like a student of humanity. So I'm just watching it. I'm reading through Twitter each and every day. And I'm just seeing what people are talking about. And I think a lot of that plays into kind of what I write about for myself as well. Just to see if I can like take that Twitter thread and like turn that into a song (laughs) that people can actually like, you know, kind of fuck around with and 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 feel.
0: Yeah, and and um, Crash and Burn, you talk, you know, you say your liability, your liability. You talk about that relationship being a liability. What when you look at relationship professional and personal what's that moment that where it looks like a liability and how do you handle it well it's just
1: time you know i think um i think sometimes you get into situations you know really like falling into the honeymoon phase but i think there's definitely that that period of time where you start really looking at this person as like a possibility as your potential forever and um i think they become that liability when they're there and you know this isn't forever, you know, when you know this is temporary. And um, I think Crash and Burn was definitely just an open letter uh, coming from the perspective of a lot of my homies Mm -hmm. that I've seen in relationships with women who are a little bit younger, maybe 23, 24, who don't really know what they want yet, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think um, wasted time never feels good.
0: Yeah, yeah, you say yeah, 23 and still acting your age, but you've probably been like, what, 50 since you were 13, uh, yeah. growing up in the industry as a child who, <laughs> yeah, right. as a child who has that adult persona, has to take on those responsibilities and be a businessman at a young age. Uh, how has that affected your personal and professional relationships?
1: Well, my personal relationships, I feel like it's definitely a growing game. You know, I've tried to date older women, it doesn't really like always vibe with me because I'm still a cool kid. You know, I like I like to go out, I like to vibe. But then sometimes if you deal with somebody in their early twenties, you know, you might deal with inexperience with being able to kinda of deal with, you know, being at a at a cocktail event, you know, and, and you know, having to kind of speak to executives and 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 kinda of code switch in proper ways, um, when the time is right. So I don't know. I'm just trying to find that happy medium. Um but I think there's no perfect way to get this done. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just being, you know, precious with myself. It's all good. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, going to work out.
0: Absolutely. Um, and so, what is that the theme of Electric Dusk, or what are, what are the broader themes that people should get from Electric Dusk? I think
1: it's just a collection of anecdotes um, of, you know, my single history within Los Angeles. Um, it's also really like a reflection of my love of film. Mm-hmm. Um, while doing the album, I was watching films on on silent and uh, you know, taking different uh, perspectives, like you know, I was watching a lot of like, early 2000s uh, love stories, like Love Jones and Brown Sugar and stuff like that, and just trying to find different ways to like pair up some of those scenes with you know, relatable stories that maybe even I went through and uh, you know, kind of turn it into great records.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Love Jones, that was like your first with Ty Dolla. Yeah. Yeah, so how did that collaboration come about? And it seems like a perfect um, melding. Uh did you feel that too?
1: Absolutely. Um at first Ty Dolla $ign was trying to take the song. He wanted it for his album. I was like, "No, sir." <laughs> so we ended up we ended up uh doing it together. And, that, and and that's really my dog, you know. He's been so supportive. Um I was going to put out the whole album independently. Um but he had a situation with Motown and, you know, for me I'm a big like R&B fan. So Marvin Gaye, Michael yeah. Jackson, Stevie Wonder, all, you know, uh products of Motown. At some point, so it just felt like a really cool opportunity to kind of create a legacy with what I was doing in the world of R and B, and it's been a really beautiful process. And now we transferred my deal over to Capitol Records, and it's just been it's been lit, man. It's been cool.
0: That's nice, and I like that you had the the presence of mind to say no. This is my record. I want to do something with this. How do you find that power of no, especially when you're presented with an opportunity?
1: You know. I feel like songs are almost like well I don't want to want to want to make this metaphor. I think I think it's really easy to get attached to songs. I try not to, but there's certain records that you know that are just a part of your DNA that are really just a piece of you and um I think it's important as an artist to Especially when you're also a songwriter to kind of make that differentiation between songs that are for everybody that are just up for sale and records that are just a piece of you, you know, and, and uh, Love Jones was definitely one of those records. So so I had to had to be able to own that at one day yeah, at, and, at one and, point.
0: And you've collaborated with obviously Ty, uh, Ariana Grande, so many artists. Have you had any breakthrough moments through a collaboration that surprised you?
1: Yeah, I mean, working with Drake was crazy. No. Like, yo, that was
0: nuts. <laughs> like, I mean, for me, like growing up, you
1: know, in high school, he was definitely a part of my playlist. Going to school, whatever else. So to have the opportunity to even really send stuff to him, knowing that he would be hearing it was mm-hmm. cool enough. And then he actually started, you know, recording to some of the track ideas. And I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm just a huge fan. Uh, he flew me out to Bahamas during the pandemic to to work on Certified Lover Boy. So. I got a chance to kick it with him. My boy lives like a Saudi prince. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was like, that was one of those breakthrough moments where I was like, all right, yeah, shit gonna be alright. Cause the pandemic was looking dark. Yeah, I ain't gonna hold right, you, man. No like, center, like shit yeah. was shit was weird. <laughs> man, like it got weird fast. So uh that was definitely a really bright moment. And during that time, I was doing like, I know it sounds weird, but I was doing like a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. And I kept speaking a lot of those things into existence. Mm-hmm. I was like about to do this really big publishing deal. And, um, you know, that just felt like, you know, a gift from God to say, all right, yeah, you're on the right path. Keep going. Keep going.
0: Did you get any advice from Drake or any nuggets to, for the future of your career?
1: You know what? If anything, it was just a lot of moments where we where we were uh, really speaking about the similarities. It was like, you know, for him, he came from, um, you know, doing Degrassi and, and people always kind of, doubted him or or like brought that up and he was kind of just talking to me about how I felt about being on Nickelodeon and and people consistently bringing that up Um, even after I win Grammys or do feature films or whatever else you know it's like it's it's one of those moments that I think you know everybody has to kind of hurdle over especially when you've been in this industry as long as both of us have Mm -hmm. Um, but we definitely had a difference in opinion on it for me I'm just like it's a blessing you know I was a kid in Brooklyn trying to do my thing and I got you know, swooped up by a crazy corporation that um, really helped me chase my dreams in real ways, so I don't really mind it, to be honest with you, yeah. but um, it was cool kind of having that moment
0: of, like, just human to human, you yeah. know? And, and something that you both got, uh, both accomplished was holding on to that money and using it for, you know, better things as you got older. Yeah. A lot of young actors don't do that. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that financial literacy come from? And then do you have advice for people in that Situation where they move to LA and they come into some money, how do they handle it? Well, I mean, don't get it twisted. I made plenty of mistakes, you know. <laughs> but um,
1: I think, you know, I just had the power of just keeping going, you know, like just to really get up every time I fell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the fi- financial literacy came from like reading my dad at a certain point, especially when I was younger, he was like, Yeah, the fiction books are cool. He knew I really liked to read, but he would just give me a lot of nonfiction books to tap into. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yes. um, Think Think Real Rich. Like shit like that was just a part of like what I was reading in, you know, my late teen years. So a lot of that kinda played into my love for passive income. Yeah. And <laughs> just like trying to make plays, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you invested back into yourself. You went yeah. out and got equipment.
1: Yeah, went out, got equipment, um, tried to invest in some of my mom's businesses too. Um, you know, but I really took the time to really invest in something that I knew wouldn't pay off like right then, but it was, you know, it was a long play. Yeah. And it worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. You had some foresight. Um, Absolutely, and I know you say you you got a grandfather who was an opera singer in the '60s. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. John Anthony. Wow, yeah,
1: that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's a G. He's dope. Yeah. My grandfather's amazing. Um, he's definitely like a big part of just my whole mindset within this industry. You know, I remember some of our conversations around 13 years old of just like really understanding the power of the word next and uh not getting too happy or content with what you're doing right now, but like always having a, a game plan for what the next two years might look like. Whether it works out or not is, you know, up to God, but having that plan is a is a real blessing.
0: Yeah, and what will success look like for you for this album, Electric Dusk?
1: I just think it's really about building an active community. So we've been doing everything that we can to just kinda like Tap in from viral tiktoks to you know doing more podcasts and interviews just let people know like who I really am um but I think you know that active community is everything and um I don't know if I can announce this officially but I got some tours coming up in the fall and you know in the winter so I'm just excited to just you know jump out and just really touch people through my music and just have an opportunity to kick it and um you know, meet and greets and things like that just yeah. to really build it out.
0: Yeah, and of course, you can't neglect the acting. We know that you do that all the time. Too. Yeah, but the way this writer strike is set up, well, I don't
1: know, yeah. brother. I might have to, <laughs> have to hold it down, sing yeah. some more songs. Yeah, yeah but for a bit. Nah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm down to get back to acting for sure, though. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's really fun. Um, I got a lot of friends who have been like actors for years who are now producing and winning Emmys and all types of dope shit. So, I'm excited to like work with my friends. I really want to be behind the scenes as much
0: as I'm like in
1: front of the scenes in the world of film and television too. So, I've been writing scripts and yeah, so we'll see what happens.
0: So, yeah, so what is, what does the next 5 years look like for you with your music and your acting?
1: Well, for me, um, I'm slowly brick by brick building a beautiful bridge between both worlds. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we've we've got existing bridges like, you know, the bridge that uh, 50 Cent has built. You know, that gives Method Man and Mary J. Blige an opportunity to not only tour with the amazing hits that they have, but also, you know, have people fall in love with their characters, you know, on shows like Power. Um, but I, I kind of want to create that uh in the kind of A twenty four realm of uh film and television, um, just a little bit more more uh cinematic, you know, but 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 um I definitely wanna wanna kinda build a similar bridge and, and uh see if I can, you know, take a lot of the relationships I'm building in music and, and you know take them back over with me and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you've done that already in such a positive way by staying grounded. Um what has kept you grounded throughout this whole crazy process?
1: I don't know. I think, um, for me, spirituality is a big thing, you know, I'm a big believer in God. I think, um, you know, praying and talking to family, you know, um, truly, I feel like love has been a big part of what's been able to kind of keep me moving forward and, you know, the passion that I have for this, you know, doesn't come from a place of, of greed. It comes from a place of like really feeling like I'm transcending when I'm, when I'm working on music, feel like I'm transcending when I really nail that take on set. So I think just kind of focusing on the love aspect of it and even the love for my family and wanting to be able to support them as I get older and as they get older, uh, has definitely been like a driving force that has forced me to stay grounded. Yeah,
0: and, and that passion you talk about that your passion is on public display, you know, especially in music, and can you yeah. scrutinize? How do you balance that passion with the public scrutiny that you know is going to come? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just doing me, man. Like,
1: <laughs> at this point in the game, man, like it just is what it is, you know. Like, if you don't like the hit I did for myself, you can listen to the one I did for somebody else, you know. I think it's like, you know, I, I'm just doing me, you know. It's funny, like I with that record, Love Jones. You know, I pitch my vocals down. I'm doing all this extra shit, and people are like, you know, you'll see in the comments, people who aren't used to like what's next or what's to come in music, or who maybe not. Understand like my futuristic perspective um, when it comes to engineering. It might turn them off, but Bro, I'm gonna just do me <laughs> like I'm gonna do like I, I think the way that I think is usually about two years ahead three years ahead so you know I think one of the biggest things I've been taking back from my meditations are you know 100% of the world is never gonna understand a hundred percent of me so I think knowing that has been a a really beautiful gift from God because like it it can be really tough to just like try to be loved by everybody in the world where it's just, Genuinely not possible, fam.
0: Yeah, especially growing up in the public eye with social media emerging as that was happening. Yeah. So did you just already start off not reading the comments, or did or did you have to train yourself not to? Or
1: I still read the comments. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be honest here, man. Nah, um, I don't know, man. I mean, it, honestly, it's been it's been a, an amazing process to just have like love, yeah. love throughout throughout my journey. Um, I don't really get a lot of a lot of hate. Or, or, or anything like that. I think early on, you know, for me, the first time realizing, you know, I was growing up, not first time realizing, but just a, another example of it uh, was just being on live streams and the KKK coming in yeah. and talking crazy about me being black. And it's just like, a it's just an interesting thing, you know, just kind of seeing how far we've come, but also how stagnant we've been as a community, um, as a human race. Uh, so I think the internet is always just a reflection of things we can do better. Uh so I try my best not to really take it too personal. I, it just it just a lot of people just hiding behind keyboards,
0: yeah. you know, projecting. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean that's the healthy way to look at it, but I think for so many people they don't know how to to do that or to get there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just sort of do you have advice for people that don't know how to get there?
1: Yeah, just keep going. It, <laughs> it'll get easier, you know. Yeah. I think
0: um I got a lot of friends who uh
1: you know, they sat down with the Beyonce's and the Katy Perry's and they all said the same thing, you know, just don't let it get to you, build your walls if you can. There's a reason a lot of artists don't do interviews or aren't as open, and it's not because they don't love their fans or want to like connect with human beings, it's because human beings don't always treat the things that they love the best, you yeah. know? And um they can be very abusive verbally, especially. and um you know, I respect people who, who build those boundaries, um, but for now, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I just kind of take it as it comes.
0: Yeah, and I think you had a strong foundation because you moved out here with your family, right? When you were yeah. 16? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, explain how important that has been in your career and having that um, family support.
1: It's been both amazing and hard at times, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I think you want to always give back to the people that support you. Yeah. But at a certain point, you know, as you grow, like, there's periods where you have to save and you have to do certain things. So that's been a, uh, you know, a really tough point. But I think just having, you know, people to talk to and, you know, to, you know, go to on holidays and to just kind of build with has has been a beautiful thing. And my family has been so supportive throughout this entire journey. And, uh, you know, I'm working as hard as I can to continue to to support them as well.
0: Yeah. And so when you look back at the journey, and even particularly on the songs that are coming up that, that are getting released, when you reflect back, what have you learned from these relationships? Um, I feel like my read on human beings could be
1: a little bit better. I think I like to see the best in people. Mm. Um, but I think looking back at a lot of my records, you know, I try to empower women, black women specifically, um, as much as I can. Um and I think I think I'm gonna continue to do that. You know, I think writing love songs in this time period of of, of it being a, a taste toxic, um, you know, is really important. You know, we need that juxtaposition. Yeah.
0: And and you say you see the best in people and you have that line, ironic, bad vibes, but you burn sage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines because a lot of times people give you that sort of holistic Yeah, positive. they give you
1: the whole like vibe yeah. of being whole, but I mean I think everybody everybody's going through something, and there's always things that we can work on. Um, you know, shout out to my co-writer, Busy Crook. That was a line that he came up with. And um, that boy be going through it. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. My dog be going through it. So sometimes we'll be working on lyrics, and I'm like, man, for real? Like, all right, yeah, all right, whatever, all right, let's go. But um, yeah, yeah, shout out to Busy Crook. I mean, like, for me, I, I feel like, My love for hip hop and my love for R and B is definitely being showcased in the way that I approach songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to have that influence of like just kind of intricate bars uh, in today's society. Because I think you know with uh, the rise of platforms like Rap Genius and just you know being able to look at each and every lyric uh, on Spotify and Apple Music, I think it's important to to tell stories in ways that aren't just very generic. You gotta kinda gotta find a way to 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 kind of build like a clever attitude towards everything. It
0: gets specific. It gets real specific. Yeah, (laughs) real specific, you know, detail oriented. Um and then what you do vocally, um, with the way you kind of change up your vocals, Mm -hmm. where did that creativity and inspiration come from? And what is it exactly that you're doing?
1: Um well that's a trade secret, man. But (laughs) now
0: I, I will say uh you know listening to James Blake
1: and, like listening to a lot of alternative music, a bonnie ver, and i don 't know, just like coming from a place of like always. Always wanting to kind of stand out and try new things, and and kind of feel like a mad scientist when I'm working on my stuff. Um, that kind of became my calling card as a producer. You know, I don't have like a producer tag like muscled on a beat. You know, so for me, like you were, you know, if you listen to Scissor's new album, like you'll hear my vocal on "Snooze." Like the first thing you'll hear is like me just kind of vibing out, stream of consciousness, just like flowing. And um, I think. That's really cool to have a calling card that kind of comes from how I engineer my vocals, and um, yeah, that's been just like my my imprint on modern day music in the last couple years, and it's been cool to see other people try it as well.
0: Yeah, real cool signature style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with SZA, that that song had kind of the lyrics had come to you from like internationally, and it made their way to SZA.
1: No, no, no. Now see, SZA wrote the hell out that okay. song. I produced it with my boy Chris Riddick Tynes, and uh, BLK, and and the legendary Babyface was also in the room, um, and um, w- he was working with SZA after he won a Lifetime Achievement Grammy Award, and I uh, called us in to to vibe with SZA, because uh, I was one of the first people that played him some of SZA's stuff like way back, and um, and we were just in the room. She she had uh, started writing to another track, and um, we were just in another room kind of cooking up something. She was going to the restroom and heard what we were cooking up and was like, Oh my God, what's that? <laughs> so she comes in the room, she starts kind of freestyling, and I'm like, Let's bounce it out. And we sent it to her engineer in the other room and you know the rest was history. She came back with a beautiful song. And Snooze to this day is like one of my favorite records that I've been a part of. You Magic know? of collaboration. Yeah, just a magical collaboration for real. Wow. Um
0: so what should listeners kind of just take away from from the the whole vibe of the album that one theme that they should kind of take away from it
1: I think I think mostly they should really take take time to 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 reflect on how the songs make them feel, you know' it, it I really want them to to pick certain bars and and if they can try to relate some of the things that they're going through. I mean, I think I talk a lot about the turmoil of being in something that's beautiful but just not quite right um but towards the end, we get to records that really explain what it feels like to to actually see that potential forever in somebody. And you know, I just really hope that people are able to at least pick up and feel where my heart has been, mm-hmm. um, and really like take a look at the reflection of my soul, and you know, hopefully, be happy with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, before we wrap up, I want to get a few questions from the audience. Oh, that's cool. Let's yeah, have a few questions. I have to. First and foremost, let me let's get that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh.
2: Okay, so we're now taking questions from Mr. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I was excited to be y'all. <laughs> uh, love you, have loved you since Victorious, and I hate to bring it up. No, nah, it's, it's all good. Yeah. I grew up with it. um, you've done so many records. You've done you know, mixtapes and things of that nature. If you could pick three records that haven't really gotten the love that you think mm-hmm. it should have gotten, which ones would you re record and release? Because forever with my shit. <laughs> Damn,
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um there's a song called Blessing that I did um on, on my last project, Genesis. I thought it was really dope. Um It weirdly enough forever I thought it was really cool too. Uh that's another one I would love to re record and just, you know, put out and see what people think. Um, and then there was this song uh, on this mixtape I did called Rivers. It was like my first time attacking like a sex record, but I did it in a poetic way, you know. Um, and I, I definitely want to reapproach that because that was over somebody else's copyright, so I had to release it as a mixtape. So I want to reproduce the song and you know see what happens. Yeah.
0: I don't know for the for the oh, podcast. Yeah.
2: Back, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Um, I've known Leon for a little bit, from the Dorks, ages ago, right? And so, one of the first experiences I had with Leon, we were in the studio one time with my ex, and he was playing records, and I remember just being so excited to hear him kind of be excited about making music, because I had only known him from Nickelodeon. Uh, One of the questions I wanted to ask you, bro, is that since transitioning more from an executive side, I I work at a regular label myself, and I'm an artist. How do you feel like, do you feel like at some point, do you ever feel like you? Want to start your own label, your own stuff? I know you have to stuff with the rascals. As Bust, listen, listen. But I feel like you, Jesse Boykins, some of the people that you've known for a while have like curated a certain community. And when you talk about community, that reminds me of, like when the doors used to go out, mm-hmm. kick it, and do the stuff we used to do. I and mean, we now have like ten dollars in our pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, like reaching out to some of those younger people who don't have those opportunities and now that you have a platform. Is that something you plan to do, or is that something you're ever gonna?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that really feels like a labor of love from my late 30s. Um, I think for me, the trickle down effect is extremely important. And I think the relationships that I have um, with the big three over at Universal, Warner and Sony um, are beautiful as they stand today. Um, but I'd really love to just have a little bit more flexibility within the corporate structure, really get to know everybody at business administration a little bit better so we can shake down them checks when I, when I really need them. And um, you know, I've just seen so many people start imprints and labels and sign a bunch of amazingly talented folks, um, without necessarily having a TikTok hit and they just get met with this glass ceiling that's really hard to, to, to break through. Um so I think for me it's just like having that trickle down effect and I and, and I think hits cure cure all of that. So um I'm just chasing as many hits as possible so I can really, you know, get shit done right. Any other I have a question. there's any artists you have not worked with yeah. yet, would like to work with? Well Beyonce. I'm really, I'm really trying to figure out working out, you know, working out a a song with um, Beyonce, and I don't know. I feel like it's it's a, a rite of passage. It's almost like being an actor from New York and not doing Law and Order. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, got to do a song with Beyonce if you really are that guy. So I wanna, I wanna get one done for her next project, and um, I've been talking with her people and sending in stuff. So we'll
0: see. We're all manifesting for it now. Yeah, hey, come <laughs> on, come on,
1: y'all. Say one big prayer. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Any more questions? Well, I got a few more. Um, all right, we're... Wrap it up. Um, th- but that business side, how has that impeded the cre- creative side? And how have you balanced that, you know... Well,
1: I mean, it's really dope. I mean, right now I have my own publishing company and I've been grooming a bunch of different producers that I, I'm looking forward to, to to signing at some point. And... Um, I don't know. I mean I you know, I think reading a lot has been very helpful for me and the experience of being signed to majors before and now being in this position, I definitely, you know, pay attention to numbers and do what I can to really like create viral moments and and, and uh momentum around what I'm doing creatively. I think it's easy to kind of get lost in the love of this, but it is a business, so I'm doing everything I can to just, you know, fan yeah, that flame.
0: So in many ways the business is almost part of the creativity too. It's a huge part, yeah. Um, and so in that, that sort of sense, what does it mean for you to wander well through life, whether it's personal relationships or professional relationships?
1: Well, I think for me, it's just about, you know, feeding a lot of the relationships that I've already started Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, continue to, to just support the people that have been supporting me, um, with as much energy and momentum as I can. I think, you know, a lot of people who are my friends, you know, consider me to be a very supportive person. So I try to shout out everybody around me because I think, you know, it's it's one thing to win alone, but it's a way better feeling to win with your team, to win with people that are around you also climbing and, and trying to get somewhere. So I think supporting anything my homies are doing, uh, including stuff like this, is like really important to me. And um, yeah, that's, that's genuinely what my journey is going to be about, like, you know.
0: Well, I appreciate you so much, again, this is like the second time, you know, we did Fit Club back in the day, got yeah. You back yeah. Out here, man, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you, man. So so we announced a little bit the tour, um, what, what else can we announce that's coming up for you? Well, I got
1: an album coming up really soon this summer, um, I can't say the exact date right now, but yeah, it's coming up this summer and I'm really excited about it. Um, I got some amazing features dropping too, um, you know, some collaborations with people, i'm sure all of y'all know um, so just be on the lookout for that and uh yeah yeah we're going to continue to drop content around what we have going on
0: electric dust coming soon yes yeah, uh, sir sure. you can find leon thomas everywhere at leon thomas Yup. Yep. and thank you guys for watching wonder World podcast we'll be back with another episode quite soon
1: much love appreciate you guys